Hello, and welcome to the NLP Highlights Podcast, where we talk about interesting recent work in natural language processing. This is Matt Gardner and Walid Ammar. We are research scientists at the Allen Institute for Artificial Intelligence. So today's paper is titled Improving Hypernemy Detection with an Integrated Path-Based and Distributional Method. It received the, uh, an outstanding paper award at ACL 16, uh, written by Vered Schwartz, Yuav Goldberg, and Ido Dagan at Bar-Ilan University. The paper focuses on identifying is-a relationships between pairs of terms, also known as hypernemy. So one way to solve this problem is to look for sentences where the two terms appear and find patterns which indicate the hypernemy relation. So one example of this would be movies such as Interstellar, blah, blah, blah. So if you look at these patterns such as and uh, other ones um, that these clearly indicate that there is a hypernemy relation between these two terms. Um, Another approach is to learn a function that maps the embeddings of individual terms to um, to a high hypernemy score between uh, between a pair of them. Um, so since the two approaches uh, seem to be complementary in, pl- in principle, this paper combines them and show large improvements in empirical results. So when I think of hypernemy detection, the thing that immediately comes to mind are Hurst patterns by Marty Hurst that. Uh, I guess she wrote down a bunch of templates basically for X such as Y and a lot of other things um, to just find these patterns against a, a, in a large corpus and extract a whole bunch of hypernyms uh, is a relationships in this way. Um, so it seems like they're they're taking this and it uh, also combining it with embeddings. Is that what's going on? Well, it's a uh, it's a uh, more general than this, right? So Marty really manually picked these uh, patterns, um, but many uh, follow up work um, on this direction on uh, path based uh, methods for hypernemy detection uh, tried to learn the patterns. So they look at the dependency paths between a pair of terms in a sentence and try to uh, to reason about whether this this is uh, this signals or identifies uh, a hypernemy relation. So, what's the use of having a big database of these hypernames? So, uh, so the motivation that was uh, mentioned in the paper is that uh, knowing uh, something, an information like Tom Cruise is an actor, which is uh, and like the hyper, there is a hypernemy relation between Tom Cruise and actor. This will help you answer questions such as which actors are involved in Scientology. So in a sense, uh, having a complete repository of hypernemy relations can help you answer some of these questions. And uh, that was the motivation. And of course, resources like WordNet and Freebase and DBpedia uh, do have uh, many many, uh, hypernemy relations uh, specified in them, but they are limited in coverage. Um, and the goal here is to complement these uh, resources. I guess we could summarize that by saying that the use for hypernemy detection is the same as the use for relation extraction because hypernemy detection is a subset of relation extraction. Exactly. So exactly. This this paper focuses on one kind of relations which um, are of interest to the authors and uh, to some applications. Uh, but but there are many other works that uh, try to uh, to solve a more general problem, relation extraction, um, also using the same uh, kind of methods that are used in this paper. So this leads us to the model that was proposed in the paper. Um, there are 
two kinds of information we're trying to capture, the uh, embeddings of the individual terms and the path between um, mentions of these two terms in sentences. So the go find um, sentences where the, where the pair of terms appear uh, together and the encode the um, path between them between the, the dependency path between uh, these two terms using a recurrent neural network, and then aggregate the uh, state, the final state of the uh, recurrent neural network across uh, all the sentences to uh, represent um, basically the entity pair or the term pair across all documents. And then augment, uh, so concatenate the embedding of the individual words uh, with, the, uh, with, the, this, with this uh, pooling of the sentence embeddings. Um, and pass this through uh, one dense layer and finally predict a score uh, whether this should be a hyper there is a hypernumeration between this pair or not. Interesting. So uh, this model, at least the, the path component of it, seems really similar to Arvind Nilakantan's compositional vector space model for knowledge base completion. Uh, there, the paths that he was encoding were not dependency tree paths, but paths in a knowledge graph. Which con conceptually, they're the same thing. It's a graph and you have paths in this graph and you, you encode sequences of edge types in this graph using some LSTM. I mean, they're also more similar to uh, many previous papers on relation extraction where uh, they do exactly this. But the, the main difference is that they're looking at, um, most of them work at the sentence level instead of the uh, term level. So they're trying to identify within a particular sentence, does this, say, does this sentence uh, indicate this relationship between a pair of entities or not? Um, so, so are you thinking of like Hoffman's distance supervision paper and all of it, like Sebastian Riedel, all right. of these, this line of work, but all of those had uh, one hot encoding of each path, right? If you, there wasn't some like compositional representation of the things in the path. Oh no! Well, like I said, well, it wasn't quite one hot. Like you would, you do, you do some feature extraction over the path, the dependency path between the two words. Right? There was also uh, other other works, really, like follow-up work, which did encode the dependency path as an as uh, as a as a sequence. Interesting. And some of them uh, also uh, captured, like had an embedding for the trees because these are essentially trees, and there was yeah several papers that explored this at uh, two different lengths. Um, Do you know when those papers were published? Uh, I, I stopped following this particular line of work around like 2012 or something. I remember a, a paper in 2015 and another in 2016. So the 2016 one is probably, it was actually published also in ACL 16, so in the same conference as this okay. one. Yeah, and Arvin's work on this compositional vector space stuff was also 2015, I believe. So yeah, all of this was going on around the same time. I guess it makes sense because this is, this is a pretty intuitive thing to do once you have some sequence some path between things in a graph, it makes a whole lot of sense to try to encode, do get, get a network to do your feature extraction for you. Right, and, and yeah, showing that uh, aggregating, so the way they aggregate the, the multiple sentences, the embeddings of multiple sentences here or multiple paths here is just by taking an average of the, uh, of the final hidden states. And this seems to work well, so it, this finding I find to be useful. Uh, I'm, I'm probably going to make use of it in my work. Yeah, so we also recently recently talked about this rowless universal schema thing, 
and that again is a really similar idea. And they did a more explicit comparison of what operations should you do uh, where this paper doesn't average pooling, right? They tried max pooling, they tried a relation-specific thing. I guess there it, it was a little bit different because they had several relations they were trying to predict, and here we're just trying to predict one. But you, you could imagine trying to be a little bit smarter there and like introducing some parameters into this pooling operation somehow. Uh, and maybe you could do a little better. I don't know. Right, yeah, I remember in this paper, um, the attention method didn't work much better than the other one, which only like picked the relation that, that's closest to the embedding. Yeah, so there was some kind of max, right? And there, this is just an average over all of the features that you extract from each path. And so maybe if you parameterize this somehow, uh, we don't have sev we don't have a, a relation vector that we're trying to get, um, but uh, you could like essentially learn a is a vector, which is just a set of parameters that you pass into this thing. Uh, and maybe you could do a little better than just taking an average. That's all. Right. So moving to experiments, um, the constructed a data set, uh, a larger one that is larger than the previous data sets used for hypernomy um, except five for this task. Um, and they did this by uh, manually picking the relations that indicate hypernomy in several lexical resources such as WordNet and DBpedia, and then use the term pairs labeled with these relations as positive examples, and then sampled pairs that are labeled with other relations in this in these resources as negative examples. And then uh, you go find sentences in, in a corpus in a text corpus which contain both terms, uh, whether it's a negative example or a positive example, and uh, only included terms which have fewer than uh, which have uh, two or more um, sentences ma matching sentences in the corpus which kind of um, biases the results in favor of this method, but uh, I think that's uh, that's an okay uh, thing to do for, uh, like, to fo to as a focused evaluation of this method. And then they considered two ways to split the training versus evaluation uh, sets. So one of them is just a random split of the pairs, and the other one, um, makes a clean separation between all the lexical items used in the training set and all the lexical items used in the test set. And there's a good reason for this because um, sometimes um, if you have a lot of examples, uh, positive examples that say red is a color, green is a color, um, you'll just learn that color tends to be the hyperlim of a bunch of things. So whenever you see a pair of of things and uh, one of them, the second one is color, you'll tend to choose uh, the hypernamy relation and oftentimes it will be correct. Um, so to avoid this problem, they, they made two different splits and the results show that this actually makes a big difference. Um, and the results, uh, and the results they compare um, their method to uh, basically two kinds of baselines. One is path-based, uh, so uh, an implementation, a re-implementation of a previous paper that looks at the entire dependency path as a monolithic thing and uh, it has one feature that associated with it and uses a logistic regression model uh, to make the prediction. Um, and then there are two other uh, variants of path-based methods. Uh, one of them is their own, um, is their own uh, map model but excluding the, uh, the embeddings of the individual terms. Uh, so uh, the baseline, um, 
the path-based baseline, which which uses individual uh, features for the entire uh, dependency path for the unique for each unique dependency path gets gets you about 55% F1 score. Um, and if you try to generate uh, to learn how to, uh, to generate these paths uh, using their method, uh, it, you get a 10% improvement in F1 score. And then uh, the distributional methods where you ignore the path completely and you only look at the embedding of the pair of words, um, the best result they show uh, where you concatenate the embedding of the, of the two terms, uh, you get a performance uh, of 63% F1. So that's uh, slightly worse, well, it's a 2.5 uh, F1 score, uh, F1 points uh, less than their path-based implementation. But then when you combine the two, you get a performance of 70% F1 score. Uh, and that's on the lexical split. All the, all the numbers I mentioned uh, using uh, the test set where all the entries, all the terms have not been seen in training at all. So I think it's really interesting to look at um, the details of this result a little bit more. So instead of just looking at F1, you can look at the contributors to F1 in precision and recall, right? So uh, the strict path-based method that has a one-hot encoding of each path and does logistic regression, like the, they call this snow, this is identical to the path ranking algorithm, I think. Uh, at least sounds very similar. Um, this gets precision of uh, 0.76, whereas the precision of this neural net model that generalizes over these path types and has the embedding gets a precision of 80.9. 80 uh, if you uh, just do the um, path-based neural net, you get a precision of 69.1. So what this means is that by going from this one-hot encoding of paths to an LSTM encoding of paths, precision goes down. It's only by uh, including the entity embedding uh, as well that, I, that precision gets a little bit higher than just this um, logistic regression one-hot symbolic baseline. Where you really gain is in recall. So the recall of the baseline is 43.8, whereas the recall of the path-based generalization, the neural net that encodes the paths, gets 63.2. You get a huge boost in recall with a small drop in precision. And that's where these things really help. This, this makes total sense, right? Because there are a lot of ways to express the same thing in text, and you get very minor variations in uh, dependency paths between two words. But the logistic regression model has no way to know that these, these features are actually very similar. And the whole point of all of these deep neural nets for NLP is that we can um, learn similarities between all of these features so that we can uh, generalize better to things that we haven't seen before. And this, this shows it. It's like right there in the table. Right. I totally agree. I, I wonder if adding the full paths as additional features may also help improve the precision a little bit more. Yeah, see if you can not like, get, get the boost in recall without losing as much precision. Right. And the, the drop isn't very much. It's like uh, 7%. Oh, well, yeah. That's, that's it, kind of big. Yeah, OK. okay. Re relative to the gain in recall, it's quite small, which is why F1 goes up. Right. And then, um, yeah, so the other thing I wanted to mention is that when you randomly split the, uh, the train and test, you get 90% compared to 70% uh, with the lexical split. So showing the importance, this shows the importance of uh, splitting the corpus in the way they did. 
um, yeah, and um, yeah, the, the paper also has uh, extensive um, analysis for uh, the results they, uh, they, they presented in, 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 in the different variations of the model. Um, so it was a good read. Um, the methods are um, they kind of are not used right now because many other papers have also did the same thing uh, since then. Uh, but uh, I think the uh, the analysis and the results are still relevant and um, and good to know. Yeah, thanks, Walid, for presenting this paper. Next time we'll talk about a paper titled Neural Semantic Parsing Over Multiple Knowledge Bases.